started a series about a month ago, really, and, uh, and I've uh, been able to get, uh, give two lessons on it because so many things have been going on. So I started October 3rd, October 11th. I just looked at the calendar. October 18th is the uh, 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 <clears throat> last time I really spoke on this subject and started to speak on it. Let's see, uh, 18th, 25th. Yeah, I spoke the 25th, was going to the 25th, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit fell on us, and I didn't get to it. Y'all remember that? And then we've had, uh, how many appreciate Joshua coming up and speaking one Sunday? Uh, Joe McGee was here last Sunday, so uh, here we are again. I'm speaking on unconditional love. Everybody say unconditional. Everybody say self-sacrificial. We're living in a really strange day, and we are called to love people just that way, unconditionally self-sacrificially, it's the antidote for the challenges we face in our culture and in our world today. And, uh, you know, you look around, things are quite a mess. There's, uh, I've got one little paragraph here I want to read from my notes today. There is venom, anger, animosity, revenge, vitriol, hatred, malice, sarcasm, blasphemous words, vindictiveness, and division everywhere. Would you agree with that statement? You can find it on all the media outlets. Everything you hear is saturated with this kind of stuff. All the, uh, all the uh, um, internet, social outlets, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Parler, Snapchat, TikTok, Rumble, MeWe, BitChute, etc. There's a whole bunch of them, right? I just, anyway, it's just so much everywhere. And, you know, my encouragement is you're going to be full of one of two things. We're going to be full of God, full of love, full of his word, or we're going to get filled with what's in our culture. And I don't know about you, I've made a decision, that is not getting in me. I I resist and I refuse. I've been walking with Jesus, this is my 45th year of walking with the Lord. And you know, and you do what God's word says, how many know it pays pays off? You know, God doesn't pay every every Friday at 3 o'clock or it doesn't show up in your bank account like most people, you know, most entities uh, pay today. You know, every single week or every other week or whatever. But you know what? Sooner or later when you obey God's word, how many know God always comes through and he performs miracles for you? How many hear me? So I don't know. Here's what I'm doing. I'm weathering all the mess around me. I know if I just do what I've been doing, love God, love Jesus, love other people, love the word, stay in tune with him. How many know we're going to be all right? Is that good news? I don't care what comes. It doesn't matter who wins the election. Our faith is not in the president. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus. Is that true? So that's good news, isn't it? (laughs) Anyway, oh my, the flesh, watch. The flesh wants to retaliate. The flesh wants to get even when people say or do things that it doesn't like. Is that true? And Jesus has called us to love people even when they're not nice. So I ask myself a question regularly. How am I doing with that? We're called to be different. So again, um, the spirit of Antichrist is loose today. And let me, I'm not talking about that on Wednesday nights when I go through the book of Revelation because, of course, you know the Antichrist appears and and, uh, makes a mess of things for a a period of time uh, before Jesus comes back. And, uh, but the spirit of Antichrist typified by two things. Now, now, now see, see if you can discern by these two words whether or not the spirit of Antichrist is working today. The number one is lawlessness. Anywhere you see lawlessness, spirit of Antichrist. Yes or no? Demonic forces, yeah. Uh, second, uh, typified secondly by deceit. You see any deceit anywhere? Deception, lies. I mean, uh, 
Jesus called Satan uh, the, the, the father of lies. He said to the most religious people his day, of his day, you are liars and the, uh, he's a, Satan is a liar. He's your father. He's the father of lies. And so, you know, that's pretty challenging, isn't it? So, so bottom line is we're called to live differently in the day when this kind of stuff is rising up. Uh, ha- however, sadly, Jesus said that just before he comes that, back, there will be even those in his kingdom that will acquiesce to this mess that's going on around them. My encouragement to you as a pastor who loves you and prays for you every day, don't yield to the cultural stuff around you. We got choices. I can choose. I can yield to it. I can get angry, defensive, uh, aggravated, upset. And I can say, do, I, I can or I can make a choice. I'm going to walk in the peace of God and I'm going to love people. And I'm going to love people that don't deserve it, right? So here's what Jesus said about this time. Matthew 24, 12, talking about the time we're living in. Right now, probably, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. See, grow cold, that means, means it started hot. But eventually it just, you know, it got ragged on and ragged on and ragged on. And eventually it just kind of petered out. Uh, message paraphrase of Matthew 24, 12. I've read this before. It's so good. For many others, Jesus said, the overwhelming spread of evil will do them in. Nothing left of their love but a mound of ashes. So how you doing with that? See, it makes you question this, what I do? What am I, how am I doing with that? So there is an antidote for what we're dealing with today. And it is this unconditional, now what I mean by unconditional self-sacrificial love, what do I mean? Unconditional. That means a person doesn't have to look a certain way, doesn't have to act a certain way, doesn't have to talk a certain way, and doesn't have to treat you a certain way for you to respond in love towards them. Is that good? That's unconditional. There are no conditions to be met. So, so my question to me, your question to you is, do, do you love people that don't deserve it? That they don't act right. They don't look like you think they ought to look. They don't treat you the way you think you ought to be treated. That's not fair. That's not fair. Huh? Like you're at the grocery store. Or you're buying something. And, and, they, and, and, and somebody cuts in line. What you do? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, I'm next. Do you push it or do you let it go? Anyway, we'll go on. Then it's self-sacrificial. What does that mean? That means you put yourself last and put another person in their needs before your own. So here's the question. When's the last time I did that? We can talk about it. It's good preaching, but do we do it? Is that good? So today, uh, last time... This was October 18th when I was able to talk about this. Uh, Again, we covered five things about love. Uh, First of all, to the Jewish people that Jesus was talking to in the Gospels, uh, he came to them and they asked him what was the greatest commandment. And and he just said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, you cover all ten. And they just kind of looked at him and said, wow. And then Jesus looked at his disciples before he left and preparing them for his departure and he said, a new commandment I give you, which this, this one commandment he gave them would encompass all the ten. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this, by this new love that I'm going to place in you when I leave, will all men know you, my disciples. 
If you have love for one another. Again, if we fulfill love, we fulfill all the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses on top of Mount Sinai. And we call that today the Judeo-Christian ethic on which the Western culture has been created. How many hear me? So love cure. We talked about the fact that love cures strife and uh, keeps the dark kingdom out of your life. The moment I yield to strife, we, we ask demon spirits to come and, and sit down uh, at lunch with us and, uh, and, and get, in, get involved in our relationships. Then Jesus introduced the concept of loving our enemies. That means love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. We talked about all these things on the 18th. Today, I want to I go a different direction and, uh, and, and talk about 16 things the Bible says about love. Now, um, if, you're, if you're a teacher and, and if you want to get your point across in anywhere in culture, in, whether you're a parent, whether you're a... a, a um, a, a political leader, or whether you're a teacher, repetition is a key to learning, yes or no? So the more you repeat something, like if you want your kids to get something, you know, they love repetition. They love little smart little sayings where the words rhyme. And if you can do that over and over again, they just love it. Is that true? And repetition gets stuff inside of us. So um, uh, God has done that in the Word with love. There are 16 references to love in the New Testament. And it's like over and over and over and over in the letters written to the churches, constantly, over, 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 in one way or another, we are, it is, it is in emphasized that we're to walk in this unconditional, self-sacrificial love. So by the grace of God, I'm going to uh, um, uh, go against all of the rules of hermeneutics, all of the rules of preaching, because I'm only supposed to give three points and we'll give 16. And by the grace of God, we'll get through. I just want you to see what the Bible says about walking in love. Because if you'll feed on this, I've spent all these years. These are part of my meditation scriptures. I meditate on the love of God. What I mean meditate, I let the scripture go over and over inside me. Because, you know, if you'll, if you'll let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, it'll keep you and isolate, in, not isolate, but insulate you from all this mess out here. You've got to have something on the inside that's bigger than everything you feel on the outside. Is that true? If you're going to live differently, you've got to have something on the inside. If you don't have anything inside today, you're going to acquiesce to whatever's around in our culture. And that's what's happening to a lot of people. Yes or no? It may be happening to you right now, but you can change that. Is that good news? 16 things that we should do with love. Number one, use the love that God has deposited in you. How many know you got a deposit of love when you got saved? When you came to Jesus. Romans 5, 5, New King James says this. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been, and I like the New King James, has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Why, why, why did he give us this love? Why did God, when you're born again, why did he give you an ability to treat people in a way that you couldn't treat them before you're saved unselfishly? And unconditionally caring and loving for them. Why, how, why did he do that? He gave that to us so we, could, so we could love people we're having a hard time with. And you might be having a hard time with your spouse every day. You might be having a hard time with your children and with your, and with your relatives in your family. And with the people that live around you. And with your co-workers. It's mighty quiet. You know. God gave us this love so we could love people we're having a hard time with. Is that good? 
you know, I've got a red truck in the, in the, and I love that red truck, but in that back of that, I got a, I got a toolbox in the back of my truck, a little pouch, you know, with all kinds of tools and stuff. And uh, I've got a wrench, I've got a screwdriver, I've got pliers, I've got a hammer, I've got socket wrenches, you know, men, all you men, you know what I'm talking about, women probably too, measuring tape. I've got all that in there. So, you know, if I've got a board and I need to drive a nail into it, what do I use? My hammer, right? And, uh, you know, if I'm trying to get a nut off of a, bo- a bolt, then what do I do? I use one of my wrenches. Is that true? If I need to remove a screw or tighten a screw, I use a screwdriver, Right? I need to measure something, I go get my measuring tape. So I keep it with me all the time because I never know when I might need it. So see, watch this. Now see, God put love in your spiritual toolbox. You get it? So, so if you need some ability to love somebody you're having a hard time with, you need to pull that love up and use it that God placed on the inside. Are you challenged every day like me? There's somebody that comes along the pike of life. It's either on the job, it's in your family, they may be sleeping beside you in the bed, and you just aggravated to the nth degree. Well, pull out that spiritual, that love that God gave you out your toolbox, so to speak, right? Number two, be real with people as you uh, love them. How many know people want real today, not facade? Amplified New Testament, Romans 12, 9. Let your love be sincere. Amplified says a real thing. Amplified amplifies the original text of Scripture. Hate what is evil, loathe all ungodliness, turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Love one another, watch, with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. How many know nobody trusts, the word is smarmy. You ever been around a smarmy? Look that one up. A smarmy person, they're just kind of, you know, like one of those lizards on your deck. He's brown one day, green the next, red the next. It's whatever he's, he's, whatever he's sitting around, he becomes that color. That's a smarmy person. You know, they, they act like they're your best friend until they find somebody else. No, no, nobody trusts a smarmy, unreal, put-on-a-show person. True? Huh? So see, when I'm talking about this, how are you to people? Do you just kind of acquiesce to whatever the person is? And, and then when they're not around, talk about it behind their back? Mm-mm. No, he says, get real. And how many know, most of us are intuitive enough to see if what you're doing is real or if it's a show. And we got a lot of show today. Would you agree? Uh, so are you the real deal or are you a put on? That's the question that scripture challenges me with. People, again, want us to be genuine with him. Number three, uh, do nothing that hurts, offends, or takes away from another person's life. Now that's a challenge, isn't it? Do nothing that hurts, offends, or takes away from another person's life. Romans 13, 8 is where I got that. Odin, uh, nothing to anyone, verse uh, 8 through 10. This is new living. Accept your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you'll fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandment says you must not commit adultery. That means sexual sin of all kinds. You must not murder. And how many know that unforgiveness, the Bible says, is the same as murder? You must not steal. You must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And verse 10 is so good. And I've thought about this through my life a lot, and I've messed up so much. Love does no wrong to others. King James Version says, love works no ill 
to his neighbor. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirement of God's law. You know, before we say something, it'd be good to back up and ask ourselves, is that going to be helpful for me to say that? That'll make me feel good to say that. I'll, be, I'll feel justified if I say that, but is it going to help the other person? Usually, we need to hush your mouth. And, and for me, I'll say this several times. For me, sometimes I've got to, you know, if, if you get emotional about something, the best thing to do is zip it. No kidding. Wait until your emotions slow down. We tend not to do that. And, and that's what's going on, honestly. That's what's going on today. Social media, people hide behind that platform. Like they're hiding behind a wall that has no window so you can't see them. But they're just saying all this stuff to, to others that they'd never say to their face. Friends, it's so wrong. It's hurting our culture. How many hear me? So the question is, am I participating in that? He said, love works no ill, does no wrong to others. It fulfills the requirement of God's law. What law? God's law of love, right? So really, it's usually pride or self-centered thinking that, that seeks to get even with other people. Is that true? Now, 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 working no harm to someone else. How many know it's got to start with your family? You do something to hurt someone, the best thing you can do is go to them and, and, and say, look, I shouldn't have said it that way. I was wrong. I have to go to Susan when my kids were in my house. I constantly, y'all, it's terrible. I got such a forward personality. I have to go to them. I'm sorry, Daddy was upset. You know, Daddy flew off the handle too quickly. I said what I shouldn't say. If you're not doing that, you're probably, you're probably doing harm to somebody. Because if you're like me, you often say something before you mean to say it, and you didn't mean to say it. It just kind of came out heated. Is that true? So it starts with our family. You know, years ago, boy, this is, uh, uh, years ago, this is, man, eight, nine years ago, um, God really started doing something inside of me. And I really began to see, I was, I was born with this jacked up personality I have. And, uh, you know, I want everything done. In South Carolina, we say, while ago. Y'all know what that is? A while ago, a long time ago. And so I'm really, really forward and, uh, you know, that's just my nature is, if I want it done, let's do it right now. And, and that can cause real problems relating to most anybody around you. And they, they want to they do a number of things to you. So uh, anyway, I began to reveal that I had a personal friend that was talking to me. He was a counselor. And he began to challenge me, Mitch, why are you acting that way? Why are you doing that? And boy, I wanted to stick it in him too. And I just did. I'm serious. But you know, God really, really did something. I'm saying that because... You know, I was, I was, you know, older when that happened. All of your life, God will be dealing with you. Did you know that? If you belong to the Lord, He's not going to cure every problem you got the moment you come to Jesus and, you know, you're a well-done steak and ready to, you know. No, no, it's going to take a while. You're going to simmer and, and you're going to stew for a while. And, and you're going to go through a process of change. It's line upon line, little upon little. Uh, here a little, there a little. That's what Isaiah 28 says, right? That's how we learn. So God, God doesn't, doesn't cure us all at once and fix everything about us. It takes time. And you know, we need to learn that about others. And as I've, as I've gotten older, I found out, you know, give people the space and grace that God has given you. Is that true? Has God given you space? Is He given you grace? Has He put up with your mess? Yes, He has. Has he forgiven you when you mess up? Yes, he has. Isn't that good? So can we, can we be that way towards others? So anyway, he was uh, dealing with me. This is 
Like I said, probably nine. That's about nine, ten years ago. Nine, eight, nine, ten. And, uh, and here's what I did. I said, God, I just, and he just like it opened up. And I saw what my personality and my forwardness was doing to other people. And I don't, I wrote, and I've got them, I still got them in a file. I wrote five, six letters or so to different people in my life that I had known for a period of time. Said, look, I acted this way. Look, I know this is strange out of the blue. Hope you're doing good today. But uh, God's dealing with me. I did this. I said that. I treated you that. And I ask you to forgive me. I was wrong. And I just wanted you to know that. Now, why did I do that? Because I wanted to make a change in me. If God's dealing with you and want to make a change, do something about it. Just don't listen. Put it into practice. I put shoe leather on that one. I wrote some letters. And did you know that I heard back from several of those people, hard copy mail in, a, in, in, in an email age, hard copy mail, because I sent them a hard copy letter in the mail, put a stamp on it. And, uh, and they sent me a letter back in the mail, handwritten. I'm going to tell you, you start doing this stuff, it changes you. How many hear me? So love does no harm to another person. And if, in how I live, I'm hurting others, when God shows me, I need to go back to them and say, you know, I said that wrong. I was just a little bit too snarky. You know what that is, Right? You know, I, I, I was just too much on edge, and I shouldn't have treated you that way, and I'm sorry. You know, people that walk in love have to do those kinds of things. Am I doing that? See, I have to ask myself, right? Number four, let's keep going. Number four, make love the biggest achievement in your life. You ever thought about that? I was reading the Amplified many years ago, and here's what I found, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, Amplified, New Testament. Eagerly, watch this, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. You know, your mind goes lots of places when you see somebody that is eagerly pursuing. You got a little boy, he's eagerly pursuing that girl. I eagerly pursued Susan. She eagerly pursued me 1,200 miles from me. She put perfume on, on, uh, on letters in the mail and perfumed up the whole box in, a, in an apartment complex. I want you to know she was eagerly pursuing and seeking to acquire. That's good, right, Susan? <laughs> and so did I. Oh, you know, some people eagerly pursue their business because they want to make that greenback. Huh? Other people eagerly pursue. You've seen somebody eagerly. So, so that's the, the issue. See, eagerly pursue. Are we eagerly pursuing love? By and large, no. But God wants you to eagerly. You know, it would make God smile. What if you stood before Jesus when you leave your body in death and he just looks at you and just with this great big grin? Say, Why are you grinning? He said, you eagerly pursued it. You, you did it. You did it. Wouldn't you like to hear that from him? Wow, uh, I've got this in my notes, it's a little McCabe, but could this epitaph, uh, I like, this is weird, okay, I like to go to graveyards, cemetery, and I like to look at epitaphs. You don't have them today, but those that are before a certain year, people always put epitaphs on gravestones. A gravestone is a marker that represents a human life that was lived and affected other people, right? So don't be down on people for having a a tomb, a tombstone, or going back to visit a grave. It's a good thing to do. Reminds you of a life, right? 
I like to, to epitaphs. So could this epitaph be put on your tombstone? I thought about it. Just real simple. What if they use your name and said, she loved people. Only just three words. He loved people. Could that be put on your tombstone? Or would it be, he was a crass old guy. Or she was aggravating to the nth degree. No, you won't. <laughs> she loved people, right? Number five, let your words, thoughts, actions, motives, deeds line up with putting others and their needs above yourself. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all you do be done with love. Is that good? It's just real simple. So as I start to do something, am I doing this in a loving way? Okay, uh, so you're in sales. So you got to go meet somebody new. Are you going to approach them in a kind way, in a loving way? Or, ma- or maybe there's somebody that, that took something from you that's worthwhile to you. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's a position. Maybe it's things. How are you going to treat them? What are you going to do? Let all that you do be done with love. Is this love? I've mentioned this a few weeks ago, but again, I encourage before you send a text, before you send an email, ask yourself, is this love? Am I what about, is, I'm about to press the send button. Is this going to help this person or hinder this person? And I usually ask somebody to look at my texts. If it's a challenging situation and it's put me on edge, I'm emotionally upright with it, I ask somebody else and often I have to, whoop, better wait 24 hours on that, sometimes 48. And a few times, 72, three days. And then I look at it and say, I don't need to send that anyway. I'm over it. Right? Right? Number six. Number six. Allow your faith to work by being motivated by a heart of love for God and others. Now, you might have never heard this angle, but watch this. Galatians 5, 6, New Living Translation. For, For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. Not fleshly things. What is important, watch, is faith expressing itself in love. Or the New King James or King James Version says, faith works by love. So here's a challenge. Now, you're praying and exercising faith, asking God to do things. Now, you got to be real with yourself. A lot of people poo-poo this away, but you need to listen. God answers prayer, yes or no? Most people say, well, if it didn't happen, God didn't want it. No, you might not be in position to receive. If I go a length of time and my prayers aren't being answered, you know, I sit up and say, whoa, 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 what's going on here, Lord? What, what am I missing? If I'm not walking in love, if I'm not treating people with unconditional love, they don't have to meet a certain criterion for me to love them, and I'm not putting their needs above mine, I'm not loving. And if I'm not loving, there's no guarantee my faith's working. It could be a hindrance and an obstacle to God responding to faith in me. How many hear me? So you're struggling to get a healing. And you got this certain issue in your physical body. And boy, it's just ragging you. Check it out. God answers prayer. God heals. You're praying about a certain situation that has to do with you. And you know you can pray and God will answer. Now, when things come to somebody else, their will is involved. And God can always answer that the way that you pray it because somebody else has a will too, right? But we're praying about things that pertain to you. Your job, your business, your money, your stuff, whatever, other things. Listen, God answers prayer, y'all. And if he's not, am I loving? That's the first place I go. Number seven, am I giving you something to think about? 
Use God-given freedom. Use your God-given freedom for others and not just for yourself. I love this. Galatians 5, 13 to 14. For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. When it says the law, Ten Commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. So ask yourself this every day. What have I done for someone else? So, so what? All of the people in the room you're watching, what if we made a choice today? Today. Today's Sunday. So, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And maybe this afternoon. Every day you're going to do at least one thing for someone else that doesn't benefit you. Would that be a good goal? I double-dog dare you to do it. Every day, find at least one thing to do for somebody else. It doesn't benefit you, it helps them. It could be across the board. What could it be? Give yourself away. Put yourself last. Put the other person first. At least once a day. Now, now you know, if you're a parent, you're always, already giving yourself all the time. And you mamas, my heart goes out to you. You know, we got four kids, we got six grandchildren, two on the way. We got four children ourselves. I probably, if you're a parent, you is a busy person. If you're a mama, you're double busy. Yes or no, mamas? And you're giving yourself away all the time. Is that true? You know, you start with losing all your sleep, and then it just goes south from there because they always got needs. Is that true? So, so again, you, you can be selfish in that because you can be aggravated about your child doing this or that, taking all your time. Is that true? So find one thing a day. Somebody said this about children. There's an element of selfishness that will never be removed from your life until you have children. Isn't that good? I, I read that first time in, uh, May, I know this is weird, May of 1983. Because uh, uh, parents, and y'all need to have kids. Susan, I hadn't had any children, been married for several years. And, uh, and in fact, my mama come up to me and say, y'all just need to go have some babies. And I said, well, see, I was the holdback. I didn't think I was ready. There's an element of, and then I read that, there's an element of selfishness. Never be removed unless you have kids. So find one thing a day, whether you're a parent or not, that you do for somebody else. Now, the mamas that got it cut out, you got it easy because you can always find something to do for somebody else, right? How about the rest of us, right? Number eight, ask God to help you grow in love in each relationship. First Thessalonians 3, 12 and 13, may the Lord make you love, make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. So the question is, does your love grow? I think there's a song. Isn't there a song that does your love grow? Anyway, I won't sing it. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when the Lord Jesus comes again for his holy people. So is your ability to love unconditionally and self-sacrificially growing? See? Is it stymied or is it growing? I ain't messing with them no more. I'm not going to talk to another person. I'm not going to trust anybody else. Jesus does. You can really get hurt, y'all. You know what happens as you age? You can get hurt so many times it's like, I ain't messing with nobody anymore. I'm just going to mess with my stuff and leave everybody else alone. If you have that attitude, you stop growing. Yes or no? One thing I found helpful is 
I pray for people that don't like me. You got anybody in your life that don't, doesn't like you? If you don't, I want to find your secret. I haven't found that secret yet. Even Jesus said people didn't like him, right? God has people all day that cuss and use his name in vain. Huh? You're always going to have people that don't like What do you do? What's the antidote? Pray for them. Huh? <laughs> Maybe even better, pray for the people you don't like. Turn it around. Now, that's a challenge. What if you started praying for people that had that enemy ministry to you? They're using you to their advantage. They're talking about you behind their back. Whoa, yeah, you know. And you know, when I say people you don't like, you're not going to like everybody. Like, like means, you know, there's an attraction to a person. You could be a friend to them. You're not going to like everybody because they're not like you. God made us all different, right? You gravitate towards certain personalities according to who you are and vice versa with other people, right? But see, you got to get along with everybody. You're supposed to love everybody. Is that true? If you only get along with the people that are like you, you don't have any love. Love's for people that don't do life the way we do. That's the reason that really the best thing I do for me is I pray for others who aren't like me, who God wants me to associate with. Yes or no? Wow. You don't have to like someone to love them unconditionally. That's the bottom line, right? Number nine, mimic God by loving others the way he loves you. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Uh, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Listen, God loves you when you're on your game. God loves you when you're not on your game every day. Yes or no? Mentioned it earlier, God, does God give you space and grace when you mess up and fail? Does God give you grace when you kind of grumpy, wake up, just, and your coffee doesn't even take the grumpy away. It's like, I can't get rid of this. I'm on edge today. You ever had those days? Huh? Usually something's happened. Usually something's, something's not going my way, you know. And uh, you just got to suck it up and keep moving. And, uh, you know, God gives you grace for those days. So give others grace because you're going to need grace one day. Is that true or not? So here's me, you know, I'm hard on me. My personality, if you have my kind of personality, you're hard on yourself. And your worst critic is you. So for me, honest, my worst critic is me. Because I always think I ought to operate right here. But I never come in above. Now if you're listening, I put my hand up in the air way above my head. I'm 6'3", so way up here. But see, I, 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 I operate, I, I want to hit way up here. I, I, that is, I want to make it and do it just perfectly. But I never come in, and now my hand is just below my head, about my shoulder. I never come in just, just where I want to. So I'm never satisfied with me. And you know what? If you have that kind of personality, you tend to deal with others the same way. You ask them questions. Well, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you? you might not say it out loud, but you think it inside. Yes or no? I hope you're not like that. That means you're like me. And Jesus, I'll pray for you. Uh, see, God's had to deal with me about that, y'all. Two verses God gave me personally. Ephesians 4, 2. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults. Isn't that good? You make an allowance for other people when they mess up? Are you, get all, are you down their throat, you know, the moment? Why'd you do that? The husband comes in, the wife says, why, why didn't you enter the trash? Why did you leave your underwear on the floor? Why didn't you make up the bed? Why didn't you take the dog out? I had to do all that for, right? 
Make allowances, Colossians 3.13. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive one another. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. You must forgive others. Number 10, let love, let your love for them be the first thing people notice about you. Am I giving you all that to think about? Do I need to quit or keep going? Colossians, <laughs> Colossians 3, 12, 14 through 14. Since God chose you to be holy people, he loves. Watch. You must clothe yourself. Now, what does it mean when the Bible says clothe yourself? Stop right there a minute. What's the, what do you see about me? Do you, see, you don't see my naked body. You see me. You see my blue coat, my white shirt. I got jeans. I got shoes. And what do I do when I see you? I see the colors of your outfits. I see reds and blues and whites and, and blacks and greens and, you know, right? So what do you do? What's the first thing you notice about somebody? Their clothes. What's God saying when he says clothe yourself? Let that be the first thing someone sees. Is that good? Watch. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Oh, man. Is that good? Is that the kind of clothes you wear? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, must also forgive others. And above all, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Ooh. So what, what, what do others see when they see you first? What's your spouse see? They come in the door, hard day's work. When they see you, what kind of clothes are you wearing? A good one, right? Number 11, let your, let your uh, love be your natural response to every situation. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2, let love for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice. With you, never let it fail. Do not forget or neglect or refuse to extend hospitality to strangers in their brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, gracious, sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously for through it some have entertained angels without knowing. In our first centuries, you know, I was thinking about, and this made me think about American culture. You can live in a community and you don't know anybody around you. What do we do? Mm, we're driving in a car, mm, drive, there's, pull on the street you live in, uh, you know, press the button, garage door goes up, your car goes in, garage door goes down, you never see the person. Unless they leave it up, go out, get the mail, Grab it back and then press that button and go in the house. Is that true? That's American culture. I don't like that. You know, we're missing something. Do you think we're missing something? I do. So first century, you know, people, they had their pigs, their feet. They walked or rode a donkey or rode in a cart, an ox cart, whatever. Everywhere they went, it was tough. It was, they were dirty. It was dusty, smelly. They didn't have adequate water, sometimes not adequate food, and they, just, they were just dusty. And see, see, first century, you see somebody, you can tell they've been on a long journey because they're kind of hanging their head. You can tell by the way they're walking, been on it a long time. See, they go out to the house and say, hey, you need a place to stay tonight. I've got an extra place, come in. They'll wash their feet. Give them some water. Say, man, I just made some beef stew tonight. Come and have some. Isn't that good? We're missing that in American culture. Let love be your normal response to every situation. Love intensely, number 
uh, number 12. 1 Peter 1, 22, since you purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, let, uh, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Fervently. I think the Greek, white heated. You got a, white, a, a coal that's white on your barbecue grill. It's white. It was black, but it turned white because it's hot. That's that word for love, fervent. White heated love. Wow, that, I don't know about you, that challenges me. The only way you get there, get these scriptures and read them over and over. Meditate until it changes us and we're willing to love. Number 13, uh, love others as if they were part of your family. Hmm, that could be good or bad. That's what I, that's what I first thought. First Peter 3, 8, finally all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, see, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Again, Bible days, families live together, and I've traveled to Africa a lot, India a lot. And you know, those cultures, they often, man, you got several generations under one roof, along with the animals, because they don't want them to be hurt by, by a, 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 an animal outside. And so they bring them in the house. So, you know, they, they were just different than we are. When we think about family, well, mama lives here, grandma lives over here, granddad lives over here, uh, you know, aunts, uncles, and cousins. Are, but no, they're all together. So when he says love is part of your family, family worked together, they shared things, they did things. That's the concept that the scriptures have. First Peter, uh, this, this message paraphrase of First Peter 3, listen to this, summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. Does that challenge you? Man, hmm. That goes for all of you, no exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Isn't that good? Do you need to read that more than twice? Me too. Number 14, let love for people cover their mistakes. Let your love for people cover mistakes. Watch this. First Peter 4, 8. Y'all getting something? Everybody okay? First Peter 4, 8, Amplified. Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sin and Amplified brings this out. Forgives and disregards the offenses of others. If I'm remembering what someone said two days later, I'm not disregarding it. If I'm at home slamming the cabinets or the door or giving the silent treatment at work, because of something the boss said last week, I ain't doing this. Love forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Yes, that comes from Proverbs 10, 12. I got two more, y'all good? Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. See, love doesn't broadcast other people's failures. Uh, did you hear about what? So shut up, don't say it. Let somebody else, but not you. There are scandal magazines, now there's scandal websites, there's scandal stories, you're waiting to check out at the, at the grocery store and all the scandal magazines. Have you noticed? Know what so-and-so said? So-and-so divorced somebody, somebody saw, saw somebody with somebody else's wife. Shut up! Let somebody else's mouth talk about that, not yours. Right? Hatred stirs up contentions, love covers, love covers. Some people make it their job. To broadcast the negative. You ever seen those people in an office environment? What'd you hear? What was that? They missed. What, what did you say? Who were we talking about? Shut up. Just leave it alone. 
Put, put a stop, something over your ears. Number 15, would others know that you're a Christian simply by how you treat them? Verse John 3, 14, we know we've passed from death, spiritual death, to spiritual life. That's what he's talking about. Because we love the brother, and he who does not love his brother abides in death. Amplified of that same verse, we know we've passed over out of death into life by the fact that we love the brethren, our fellow Christians. He who does not love, abides, remains, is held and kept continually in spiritual death. The people know that you're a Christian without you even saying anything. How you act, I'll never forget this, got to be quick. I uh, had a painting business 30 years ago and had a friend that helped me. And we were, um, we were staining the molding in a new house. And it was fairly meticulous work. And we had all these pieces of wood off. And then, you know, the uh, finished carpenter would come and take our finished product and, you know, put them up. So we were working really hard. And we had some finished carpenters in the house with us. And it was really, really cold. And you can't do any kind of work in that. I mean, it was probably... Below 35, it was really cold. So we rented, uh, my, my partner and I, we rented uh, a heater uh, for the house. There was no electricity in the house yet, in the new house. We rented a heater, heated the whole house up. So the uh, finished carpenters come in. Oh, man, I said, they said, how much we owe you? Nothing, we're going to do this yourself. Oh, really? So, you know, we, you know, we rubbed elbows with these guys the whole week. You know, we're doing our stuff, they're doing theirs. And, you know, man, they're talking about smoking dope. And, you know, they're talking about who they had sex with last night. I'm just being real. That's what boys do, unsaved boys. And then they're talking about this and talk about drinking and partying and this and that. And, you know, we didn't laugh at their jokes. We just smiled. We never said anything about it one way or the other. They would just say this and that. We just looked at them in kind of a blank expression. We just wouldn't go there. And, and you know, and then we'd give them lunch. We'd buy them lunch, sometimes do things. And finally, the end of the week, one guy come up to me one morning. You know what he said? <laughs> Without saying anything, he said, hey. I said, hi, how you doing, man? You're a Christian, aren't you? I said, why, why, why you say that? He said, you're saved, aren't you? I said, why you say that? He said, you never laughed at my dirty jokes. You never listened to my dirty stories and acted like you liked them. You saved, aren't you? You're a Christian, aren't you? You bought me lunch. You bought that. You paid for the heater. I hung my head and said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer. He said, I knew it. I knew it. And you know what? By the time we left, you know what happened? We were praying for both of them. Do people know you're a believer by what you, by what you say or by what you do? Sometimes if we'll close our mouth and live, we'd be better off. Yes or no? I got one more. Y'all ready for this one? Would your prayers be answered if they depended on how you currently love others? I just said it earlier, another way to say it, but here's a scripture. And whatever we ask, 1 John 3, 22, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. See, love is the foundation for your prayer life. Again, check up on yourself. God answers prayer. I started the first of this year. I, I did a big old series on prayer, answer prayer. Go back if you didn't hear that and listen to it. Because God answers prayer. Is God answering your prayers? If not, the love, the, the love thing may be the snag. You get it? Y'all, I know sharing all this is like, man, this is a lot. And you know, as I'm sharing this, it gets really quiet because you're introspecting you. Right? So see, that's not bad. That's good. Even, even, even the, even the, um, all the Greek guys, 
the philosophers, they said an unexamined life is not worth living. It's true, isn't it? So, Lord, I've brought us to the precipice here. What are we going to do with love? What am I going to do, Lord? I've preached this. I've got to live this this week. All of us need you desperately in life. None of us do this just right. I certainly don't. But, Lord, I ask you, let your grace work in us. Melt the hard places in our personality. Lord, the places that we're hard to deal with, where people have to put up with us, so to speak. We hurt them. Forgive us. Expose it. And help us work through it. Lord, let love, Lord, let it be the thing we're after more than anything. Let it be the clothes we wear every day that people see first. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I ask for life change as a result of me hearing this and others hearing this. Deal with us throughout the week. Spirit of God, rise up. Bring these words back to our thoughts when we're living life and going to work and interacting with family and spouses and children and friends. In Jesus' name.